Welcome to the Self-Publishing School Podcast. This is the podcast to listen to if you're an aspiring writer or an author who wants to be more successful. On this show, you'll learn how to write and launch a book successfully, all from the top authors and people just like you who are doing it at the highest level. I'm your host, Chandler Volt, the founder of Self-Publishing School, the author of the book called Published, and the CEO of selfpublishing.com. For free training on how to publish a book that sells 10,000 copies, go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. Hey everybody, Chandler Bolt here, and joining me today is Brian Tracy. Now, if you haven't heard of Brian, Brian is the chairman and CEO of Brian Tracy International, which is a company specializing in training and developing of individuals and organizations. He's consulted for more than 1,000 companies and addressed more than 5 million people and 5,000 talks and seminars throughout the U.S., Canada, and 55 other countries worldwide. He's a top-selling author of over 45 books that have been translated into a dozen languages, which is pretty impressive. We're going to dive into that um, today. And then also prior to founding his company now, which is Brian Tracy International, um, he was the chief operating officer of a $265 million development company. So I'm really excited to dive into this. We were talking right before the interview. Uh, he called himself a bibliophile, uh, which is just an, an obsessive reader and, and addicted to reading. And if you check behind him, he's got a pretty impressive stack of books back there. Um, but I'm excited for this interview where we'll talk really about his books and how he's used that to just build this massive international brand, speaking, coaching, training, uh, you name it, just kind of all that built off the back end. So Brian, welcome. Great to have you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. No problem. Well, let's let's start by taking it back to the beginning because a lot of, a lot of people here and a lot of people listening are you know they might be working on their first book. So I want to ask you, what was it like? Why did you decide to write that first book, and what was that process like? Well, a, a literary agent after I had sold almost a million audio programs approached me and said, you know, I can make you a star. We could take your audio programs, turn them into books and sell them uh, through bookstores. And this is back in 1978, believe it or not, 79. So I decided to take my most popular seminar, the seminar I'd given all over America and Canada, and turn it into a book, which I did. It's called Maximum Achievement. And it's still considered by many to be the best book I've ever written. It's now in oh, 38 languages. It's used all over the world. Um, and it has a very profound effect on people. And so we published that book, and they did a very poor job of it. And this is a challenge that you have. It's a love-hate relationship with publishers. You have to have them to publish the book and get it into the bookstores. But then often they just drop the ball. Sometimes the joke you've heard it, the publisher takes a book, opens up the window in their office in Manhattan, and throws it out the window. And if people buy it, they promote it. And if they don't, they go on to the next book. Well, so this book... <laughs> This book sold 35,000 copies right out of the gate. And they said, well, we thought we'd sell more. We're not too sure. So they brought it out in paperback. And it's now gone worldwide. And then the second book I wrote was on selling. So I was trying to position myself in selling. And it helped because I became, over the years, the top sales trainer in the world based on my audio programs and then my book and then my video programs. So the books really help in establishing you as an expert. That's probably the most important thing of all. Um, and after that, I wrote another book. And I, then I found this, it's really arrogant, but 
uh, when we were publishing the books and I had public relations people, they said, you know, there's a 90 day window when you write a book. And this is back in the day when you did a lot of PR and radio, television, print ads, print, print, print interviews. And for 90 days before they'll be interested in the book, you send out copies of the book to the various editors or reviewers. And then uh, 90 days afterwards, they'll be interested in the book. But after that, they lose all interest and go on to the next book. And at that time, they were publishing about 200,000 books a year in New York and the American publishers. Today, it's well over a million. And then there's about two or three million self-published books. So the market is drowning in books. Anyway, so I thought, well, if they're only going to publish a book or promote it for 90 days, I'll write a book every 90 days. So I made a decision about 15 years ago that I was going to write a book every 90 days. I have written three books so far this year, all of which are under contract by major publishers. And I have two more books in the production line. And last year I wrote six books and they're all produced and manufactured, distributed and sold by major publishers worldwide in multiple languages. So I decided I would write a book every 90 days. So then the publisher started to come to me and say, would you, could you write a book for us on this subject? Self-discipline, yes. Um, uh, time management, yes. So I wrote books on subjects that I had a lot of information on. And I constantly, I read about two to three hours a day. So I'm constantly taking in new information. Uh, and when I am offered to write a book on a subject, I'll say yes. And I think, do I have the intellectual capital to do this? I'll say yes. I've been working on this for years and so on. I'll do it. So now every 90 days I write a book. And then the publisher comes to me and said, I will give you this book, but you have to release it in September because I'm already booked for the January and I'm already booked for June. And I have another one coming out in April and we've got to keep them apart. It's almost like dating. You want to keep your girls apart. <laughs> so I keep them 90 days apart and they say, okay. And they send me a contract and the agreement is I will give them the book by the drop dead date, which is the date they need to have it to put it into the system. And then they will publish it on an agreed upon date. And I'm open with all my publishers. I tell them, this is what I'm doing with others. Uh, and they say, well, you shouldn't do that. Um, <laughs> but I say, it, it, take it or leave it. And so one publisher, I'm doing 14 books with them over a period of uh, three and a half years. They're bringing up basically one book every 90 days. And then I have another publisher that are a different subject and, and they're bringing out one every six months and then another publisher. So I've got about eight or nine of the biggest publishers, including Random House, HarperCollins, McGraw-Hill, Simon & Schuster, biggest publishers in the world. Wiley, of course, two or three books with them. So it's been really a, a great run. That's awesome. And how do you keep coming up with ideas for these books? Well, I keep I keep reading. Uh, like, for example, I started reading many, many years ago. You've heard the old saying, you become what you think about most of the time. Well, many years ago, I read a study that had been done at Harvard by Dr. Edward Banfield. One of the most important studies on upward socioeconomic mobility. How is it that some people increase their incomes and their social status rapidly in their lifetimes and most people don't and what he did was the most beautiful exhaustive research and what he concluded was written up in the new york times and everything was that the one characteristic that most determined a person's lifelong success and how rapidly they moved up in the course of their lifetime was what he called long time perspective is that successful people think long term well when you when you put it all together 
when we say successful people think long term, that means that they have long term goals. And I had already been studying and teaching strategic planning for companies and goal setting for individuals. And here this piece of research just sort of came in like a beautiful piece of research. And it confirmed that people who have goals and strategies and plans, people who think long term, who people who look at everything they do today to make sure it's congruent with where they want to be in the future, in my estimation, accomplish 10 times as much as people who don't. So that's one way of thinking, long-term thinking, which is a characteristic of all of the most successful people throughout history, but especially in a dynamic economy. So like, for instance, writing a book, you teach people to write a book. Well, writing a book is very, very hard work. Uh, it takes a long, long time, very frustrating. I say writing a book is like digging a ditch to the horizon. I mean, it's just hard, hard, hard work, planning, writing, editing, polishing, and so on. Uh, however, the long-term advantage of writing a book, investing enormous number of hours in the short term, the long-term advantage can be quite extraordinary and that it can, if it's successful, as you know, you teach this, you can, you can jump your career ahead five years. There are many people who've literally gone from nothing to success with a single book. And they were never able to follow it up with a second book. I mean, they never had two books in them. So, um, so that's one way of thinking. And then I thought, well, what other ways of thinking are there? Well, there's, um, there's slow thinking versus fast thinking. A cat and Nobel Prize winning material on this is successful people think slowly in the critical issues of their life where there are serious potential consequences. Unsuccessful people think quickly and make decisions without thinking them through. And that sets them back. So what else? And I thought informed thinking versus uninformed thinking. One of the subjects I came across was rich people's thinking versus poor people's thinking. Rich people or wealthy people think very differently from poor people, even with the same level of education, intelligence, and so on. And if you think the way rich people think, you earn far more money over the course of your lifetime than if you think the way poor people think. So I came up with an idea of 10 different ways of thinking, contrasted ways of thinking. And then a publisher called me and said, you know, do you have anything that you were thinking about writing? I said, well, I'd love to write a book on thinking styles because the way you think changes your life. And they said, okay, we'll take it. And this, this, is, this is Random House, biggest publisher in the world. We'll take it. Can you send us a proposal? So I know how to write proposals. So I wrote them a proposal. I sent it to them. They came back and they said, we'll send you a contract and a check. We love this idea because it's really hot today. Thinking books books on different ways of thinking are very hot subjects. So uh, I wrote the book for them. They contacted me in March, in, in February, March. They said, would you, could you write this book for us? I said, yes, but we need it by April 1st in order to get it into our production system. So I said, okay, I've done enough homework. I've got enough research. I sat down and I had a window of time and I wrote the whole book and submitted it to them and they accepted it. And it's now in the transfer. So that's what I do is I keep doing research on a subject that I really enjoy until I reach what I feel is critical mass. Now I know enough to write a lot about this subject. So, and that's just that this one of my six or seven books for this year. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> now, is it normally those ideas first spark from something you've read, like in that two to three hours of reading, and then you start learning more and more and then it develops into like, Hey, I would want to write a book on this or like, where does that original idea of like, this is something worth writing about come from? Well, uh, my, my focus has always been on helping people get better and faster results 
with greater efficiency. So whenever I come across a subject that I think will really help people, and, and it's, it's a very interesting part of entrepreneurship, most, most successful entrepreneurs get into their business because they really feel that their product or service can help people. Uh, and they want it and they find that it's not that easy. You have to plant it and produce it and you have to market it and sell it and everything else. But the driving force is a belief that this product will really help people in some way. So I think for my life, I've been dramatically helped by uh, coming across great ideas that I've been able to use that have really helped me. So I'm excited about passing these on to other people. And that's what I'm pretty much famous for. I, you know, you've had people like Jack Canfield and others, they'll always say that Brian is the king of content, is if you really want just practical things to do now to get better results immediately uh, on any subject, I'm the king of content. And so I'll just take a subject, for example, I did one of my subjects was hiring and firing, is I found every time I spoke to business audiences, they were concerned about how do you hire the best people? How do you get rid of people who are not working out without lawsuits or without upset or suicides or anything else. So I sat down and I said, 21 great ways uh, to hire and keep the best people. And I sat down and part of that was how to fire people, how to get the right people in the company, how to get rid of the wrong people without being sued. And I just pulled information from every source I could find. And I'm still doing that, by the way. Once I write on a subject, that becomes part of the subject. I just continue to research and keep them current. Um, and that book, the program that I produced from that, people said just revolutionized their management style. It showed them how to get, I've worked with billion dollar companies where the heads of the company said, this changed our whole business. Everybody in our company is required to use the methods that you teach and how to hire and how to fire. <laughs> and, and why? Because they're simple, they're practical, they work. Um, so, so, so if it's goal setting or strategy or marketing or planning or leadership or achieving personal excellence, I'll just sit down and I'll just start to write. I'll write everything I can think of that I've ever learned on the subject and then expand them out almost like an accordion. I'll expand each chapter into a chapter and put it together. And you know, sometimes a publisher will ask me for the book or sometimes I'll come up with the idea and I'll throw it out. And almost always, at least one publisher will say, I'll take it. And so we say good, which is very um, arrogant. I know people who take their manuscript and walk from publisher to publisher with literary agents for years before they ever get published. And I'm just publishing books. I mean, you should see, if I showed you my email, it's from this editor, from this publisher and this editor, where's my final copy? Do you have that down? When will we see, we see it? We're ready to go. <laughs> I got three or four publishers on me right now, demanding their final edit for their, their final book. Um, so I keep them apart. That's hilarious. Hey, Chandler Bolt here. I hope you're loving this episode so far. It's time to go from inspiration to implementation. All right, so if you've learned something, we want to help you implement what you've learned with your book. So what I want you to do right now is go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a publishing consultation with one of the experts on my team. We'll talk about your goals for your book, your dreams, your challenges, your next steps, and we'll start putting together a plan. All right, so go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a call with the team. Let's see how we can help with your book. It's time to implement. 
So how do you, as the king of content, it sounds like you've really focused on books and being aggressive with your schedule and obviously doing six books last year and three so far this year. What, what made you decide to focus on books as that content delivery piece? Well, now that's, that is a good point. The, the, when you write your first book, um, and I found this because you write your first book, you have a fantasy that you're going to write a book that's going to um, be a bestseller. You're going to make an enormous amount of money. Uh, you're going to be rich and popular and successful. Uh, you're going to live in a big house on the hill, um, blah, 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 blah. Well, that happens very, very rarely. So rarely as to be embarrassing. Or every so often, somebody does write a first book, like a Tom Clancy book, um, Hunt for Red October, first book he ever wrote, broke the bank, became a major movie. He made millions of dollars, became recognized as one of the uh, great adventure novelists. But he'd spent 12 years researching that book. 12 years, if you know the background of it. Uh, he was fascinated with military things. He went to Washington. He went to conferences. He read countless books on it. He consulted with people so he could finally put together a book that held together. It, it, it made a lot of sense and was based on good stuff. So that's that happens occasionally. In most cases, a writer is a, is a journeyman. I call it a journeyman writer. Is you write a book that sells a few copies, so a few thousand copies. The the magic number in New York is 10,000, is they want a book that will sell 10,000 copies. What new what publishers hate is what is called remainders, is where they uh, publish a book and then they end up with a warehouse full of them and they have to sell them back to you at cost. And this does happen, and it's even happened to me on a couple of occasions, but not because the books weren't good. The books were actually bestsellers overseas, but because the publishers were not well organized. They just did a terrible job of it, which unfortunately there are, there are publishers. Well, a friend of mine is, is Robert Ringer. Robert Ringer wrote a book called Winning Through Intimidation many years ago. Actually, he wrote a book and it was something like um, how to negotiate successfully. And the publishers came out and they did a terrible job with it and the book died. And so he bought back the rights. They gave him a small advance. He gave him their advance back. And he took the book and he changed the title to Winning Through Intimidation, and he published it himself. It sold 10 million copies, became one of the best business bestsellers in history. He said, just changing the title and then aggressively promoting it. My friend Wayne Dyer um, wrote a book called Your Erroneous Zones. Right at the beginning of his career, he was a psychologist, and your erroneous zones are the ways you think negatively and wrongly in your life. And it came out and mm, it died. So he went to the publisher and he bought, he had an old station wagon and he bought as many books as he could, could. And they started driving across America and he would stop in small towns and go to the local radio station and offer to do an interview. And they would say, okay, we'll interview you tomorrow on your book. Then he'd go to the local bookstore and he'd say, look, I'm going to be doing this interview. If you will carry these books on consignment, I'll send them all to your store here in town. So he did this. Now he sometimes talk about, how successful he was as an author, he had to drive across the country sleeping in this, his, 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 his car uh, and selling books in bookstores and doing interviews until finally the book took off. And this is, this is not uncommon that people will work for weeks and months to finally get a book moving. And in many cases, it won't work. So, so once at one in 10, one in a hundred, it works and lightning strikes. And you should hear all kinds of stories like that. So what I felt was if my first book was not going to be a bestseller and break the bank, then I'd write a second one. And if that wasn't going to be a bestseller, I'd just write a third one. 
and there's a there's a book there's a book that, that you've probably heard of. It's called something like um, it's about writing, and it was given to me by a very wealthy man. Anyway, it's a writer, and he says, "When do you write your first book?" Now, he said, "When do you write your second book?" He said, "Right after you finish your first book, you start with the second book." And it's I forget the name of the the, the book, but it's a very popular book about getting on with it. And I just wrote a book, by the way, which is was demanded to me from me by publishers. And I was going to call it "Get On," you know, "Get Started and Keep Going," and they're they're going to call it uh, "Stop Making Excuses and Get On with the Job." Uh, and this is coming out, and 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 they took it to um, Barnes and Noble, and Barnes and Noble said we'll release it in every store in the country because that subject is so hot. So um, in writing books, it's the same thing: is you put your whole heart into writing the book, and when it's done, you stand up, take a deep breath, sit down, and start on the next book. And, <laughs> And, and you you know people like you remember the uh, the author da, 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 who wrote the the great big mega books what was his name It'll come to me in a second he wrote book to Howard Robbins Howard Robbins wrote book after book after book it was about his fifth or sixth book which was on Howard Hughes um, that actually took off and the book exploded it became a movie and everything else and then all of his other books came back and the publishers re-released all the other books. He became one of the most successful authors in history, but it, he was still writing when he was 40, 45, been writing for 15, 20 years. And his previous books had come out and died, come out and died, come out and died because they didn't get proper publicity, wrong timing. Finally, he wrote one book that took off and then all the other books took off. But everything he wrote from then on was a super bestseller, like Tom Clancy. Whatever he comes out with, they'll sell a million copies in the first week just because of the name. Um, so there's a lot of interesting stuff in in, in writing books and getting published. So how, how do you distinguish between going back in the trenches and writing the next book and marketing the book or the books that you already have out? Well, uh, again, there's only a certain amount you can do. Back in the day, back in the 70s and, and 80s when I started writing, there was a major book promotion publishing industry. There were public relations specialists who uh, just literally were on the phone 12 hours a day calling radio stations, TV stations, uh, print interviews to get you interviews. And in those days, really the best thing you could do was radio interviews. The, the very best would be TV. But TV is, you have to go there. You have to be in the studio to do a TV interview. I remember flying all the way to New York to do a six-minute interview on Good Morning America at between 6.30, uh, 6 and 6.43. Um, and you, and you would have to pay your own expenses. They don't pay you for the interviews. You pay all of your own expenses. You get in there late at night. You get up at dawn. Um, you take a taxi to the station. You have to be there half an hour early. You get into the studio, and then they rapid fire three or four or five questions at you, and you sh oh, you're up. And next, well, and 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 but my but Ken Blanchard, who wrote uh, co-wrote uh, the One Minute Manager, which has sold like 15 million copies. Interesting thing is that that book failed. It came out and they just pushed it and pushed it like a car that wouldn't start. They pushed it for six months and finally the publisher gave it back to them and said, I just can't get this book moving. And he was giving a talk to uh, a group of YPO, Young Presidents Organization in Minneapolis. And one of the uh, people in the uh, audience came up and said, you know, this is a great concept, this one minute manager concept. I happen to um, own a stake in a TV show. I'll put you on the Minneapolis version of Good Morning America tomorrow if you would like to uh, talk about your book. 
So they did. It was picked up by Good Morning America in New York. It was then ran out nationwide. And Ken is a really genial, nice, funny guy talking about this concept. And his co-writer, um, uh, it's Blanchard and... Uh, anyway. Uh, and so they went on and they did these interviews and the book took off and got legs and became the best-selling business book of the year. And it still sells about 750,000 copies a year. Ken was telling me recently in languages all over the world. Um, but the book died uh, and they beat it and beat it like a horse that was dead. You know, <laughs> it wouldn't get up. <laughs> and finally, <laughs> they, finally, they got a break. They got one break. They got on one show that was picked up by another show. And Ken became one of the most successful business writers in history. So that can happen. Miracles can happen. But as Peter Drucker said, it's not that miracles don't happen. It's just that you can't depend on them. Uh, so you so you usually have to do all the promotion yourself. My friend Diana Booher, who, who's a, a, got, got 44 books, uh, she said that if you're going, if you're really serious about becoming a successful author, you first of all have to write a good book. You second of all have to get it published, um, and then third of all you have to be prepared to spend $100,000 to promote that book in the first 12 months. You've, and and this is old school. This is sending out brochures and postcards and um, going on stations and you, doing every single thing, hiring companies to get you interviews and so on. Uh, but you have to be prepared to invest an enormous amount to get a book going. And then there's no guarantees. Uh, there's only one guarantee is that if you don't flog the heck out of it, as they say, nothing will happen. Books don't sell themselves. Somebody says, well, I, I'm going to write a book. I, I spoke to somebody that said, I'm, I'm, I've got this program to write eBooks. I don't want to step on your toes or anything. I'm going to write eBooks and I'm going to become a number one bestseller on Amazon because I'm going to spend all this money to get everybody buying my book. And I said, you know, you get onto Amazon to be a bestseller. They, they calibrate every hour. So you can be a, a top seller on Amazon for an hour. And some people are for an hour. And the book is never seen or heard of again. <laughs> And it was their mom, grandma, and their whole family that bought the book during that hour, right? That's right. And they've sold their house or they've you know, mortgaged their future and everything else. And they think, well, that's going to do it. See, then I can tell people, this is what this author was telling me yesterday. Then I can tell people that I was an Amazon top seller. You know, well, that and, and 50 cents will get you a cup of coffee in a cheap place. <laughs> you, you know, you were an Amazon top seller. Who cares <laughs> <laughs> anyway I, I i don't mean to step on you because self-publishing you know is a great route today but self-publishing is something that you really um need to take seriously this is not something we just throw it out there yeah yeah hold on a second here oh, go, go ahead sorry you were talking about self-publishing and now you have to take it seriously yes yeah well you're, you're and that's what you do and you teach people, and some of the most successful books in history have been self-published. And then once the book is published, then the writer has to get behind it and really, really push to make that book successful. And you have to keep pushing and pushing and pushing. I always say that if you throw your whole heart into something, uh, there's no guarantee that you will be successful. However, if you don't throw your whole heart into it, you can be absolutely guaranteed you will not be successful. <laughs> <laughs> So there's no guarantees in life except one. It's if you don't put your whole heart into promoting your book um, with your system, then um, then the book won't succeed. It's not, not like somebody else is going to come along and make you a star. 
Now, do you have a marketing process? Because it sounds like you have a writing process and you get in there, book every 90 days at least. Do you have a marketing process that you use for your books? A marketing process. Well, the, what happens is what I do, and I've just learned this in the last few years, is I will use you know a letter, uh, a query letter, and I will get a commitment from a publisher to publish the book. However, on about four or five occasions, I've gotten an idea for a book, and I just sat down and wrote it. And so, and to, to self-publish, just along the lines of what you're talking about. And I sat down and write the book. And once I'm finished with the book, I have this way of machining through a book and turning out. They say my books are almost print ready. And some of my books, they've actually taken from the manuscript and sent it to the printer without editing, without anything, because it's all done. It's all so smooth already. But I have, I have written books. I've written about five books for which I had no market when I started off. And it was a, they were self-published books. I still have a couple, I was still probably four or five of them that I published myself or I published in other countries. Um, but that's because I've got this really great idea for a book and I just sit down and write it. I have a, a window of opportunity and I have a system for writing. And this system is just like miraculous. It's almost like, a, like you put all those little toys in water and they just explode. Well, I have a system where you could take this system, it's got 20 points, and you just follow it like a checklist, like a recipe, and the book comes out in 90 days. And it's publishable. And many people all over the world now are calling me and saying, here's my book, I got published, I followed your system, and the publisher has agreed to publish it, it's being released on such and such a time. So, anyway. Cool. Now, what about when it comes to, because you were talking about pushing the book yourself and you know you have to market the publishers you can't just ship it off and and then away it goes and into the bestseller list and, and selling like crazy so what kind of things do you do because it seems like with a pretty aggressive book schedule it's got to be tough to also market those books at the same time so like what kind of stuff are you doing with with each book like do you pick and choose which books you really want to push behind are you putting an equal push behind each one like what does that look like well i'm a little bit passive in that sense in that I will do videos, um, I will do announcements to my lists that this that I just released this book. I'll do videos on a couple of books. We've done uh, the equivalent of the what do they call this book where there's we're reading the ebook and there's um, links and you go to a video portion. I've done this with two books where uh, well I'll actually you click on it when you're reading the ebook and I'll come up and speak about. Uh, something that uh, is in that chapter or something in addition to what they're reading. And so what do we call these electronic books or video books or something like that? Um, that's a popular idea. Um, it's not as popular as people thought it would be, but it's a good, it's a good idea. Another thing is, is that uh, my uh, publishers will send out notices everywhere. They have a system for sending out notices to every single person who reviews books and every single company, including bookstores, distributors, publishers, publishers weekly. They'll send out announcements. They'll also take the books and display them at book fairs, um, the big American Booksellers Association fairs and so on. And every so often people say, that looks like a great book. They'll call me, they'll interview me. So then I'll put my whole heart into promoting for them. Sometimes I'll do a video, which they will run on their websites, which will go to their customers on the benefits and values for you of reading this book and how it will help you and, and so on. So it's basically uh, not a, a system. It's wherever there's an opportunity to promote a book, um, I'll promote it. 
I even do many of my books. Um, I'm in 42 languages now um, all over the world and 56 countries. And so uh, very often they will ask me if I will do promotions with them and for them in their country on their radio, television, newspaper. In fact, I just got a questionnaire from my client in St. Petersburg that I'm speaking for um, next month. And they want all of these questions answered so that they can publish this and promote me. And I have more than 30 books in Russian. Um, actually, probably more than 50 books in Russian. I'm the most popular business author in the world in Russia. There's a Brian Tracy book section in every Russian bookstore because the Russians are big readers. Their television is, is, is much more limited than ours. So they are voracious readers. And as a result of that, which brings us to what you're going to talk about as well, as a result of writing those books, although you don't make a lot of money from each book, I start to make a lot of money from a lot of books because of the cumulative nature. But what happens is because I've written books, they think I'm an authority. And because of that, they hire me to speak and to do seminars. And I have other friends of mine who are speakers and they say, well, how do I get into the Russian market or the Chinese market or the um, Iranian market? I'm the best-selling author in Iran as well. One of the best-selling authors in China, Japan, Korea. I was the best-seller in Korea with one book, which was which bombed in the U.S. because of the publisher. One book went into 17 publications for two years. It was the number one book in the, like the Korean New York Times bestseller list. Um, and uh, there's a point that I was making. So what happens is it's easy for them to book me to speak to seminars and audience. It's easy for them to sell me, my booking agents, into corporations if you've written a book. And I have friends who say, well, how do I get into those markets? And they say, well, you don't have any books. You don't have any books. Or if you have a book, nobody's seen it. And it's something about a book that gives you tremendous credibility. Many of my friends who are consultants and speakers and teachers have made their career by writing a book on their subject and then using it as a business card. This, this is something I learned before I wrote my first book, is your first book is basically a business card. It's to demonstrate to a prospective client that you're an expert on the subject. And this is the great advantage you have. So if a person is going thinking of hiring you as a consultant, a coach, a teacher, a speaker, and so on, and you have a book on your subject and the other person does not, you have instant credibility. You're much more likely to be hired because what customers don't want to do is make a mistake. And they're going to recommend you. They're going to recommend you to other people. They're going to promote you. They don't want it to come back on them. And if you've written a book, then that gives them tremendous cover, tremendous safety. This is the man who wrote the book on the subject. And it sounds like you were doing audio programs and speaking and stuff like that before you wrote your first book? Yes. I wrote my first book in 1979, but I began speaking, I'm sorry, 1989. I began speaking in 1981. My friend Jim Rohn, who died a couple of years ago, um, finally wrote a book. He was a great speaker. He wrote a book called The Seasons of a Man's Life. And he wrote it 10, 15 years after he began speaking. He said the biggest mistake he made in his entire career was not writing that book earlier. He had the content, but he just never paid much attention to the importance of writing because he was so busy as a speaker. When he wrote that book, and the book was not a huge seller, but the fact that he had the book and he can hand out the book and that people read the book, and it, was a nice, it was a nice book. Uh, he said it was the biggest career changer for him was to actually have written that book. He wished he'd written it at the beginning of his career rather than later. 
I know many people, by the way, who become coaches and speakers, especially, um, who write the book first and build their whole career on a book. And it's after they've written the book, someone says, well, can you come and speak to us on that subject? And then they become speakers. Did you experience the similar effect that Jim did um, when you wrote your first book? No, because by that time, I was the best-selling audio author in the world. Um, I was selling about 15% of the world sales of educational audio programs through Nightingale Conant and in multiple languages worldwide. So the reason the, the publishers, Simon & Schuster, and the literary agents came to me was because they saw, I mean, they, they could track these sort of things, and they thought there'd be a huge residual market for the written word as opposed to the spoken word. And they were they're quite correct. So we've gone on to sell probably 10 million books over the years in multiple languages and multiple formats. Now, how do you use those books to grow the speaking business, coaching, training, all that? You touched on that a little bit, but you dive a little bit more into that. Well, the, the, the way that it grows is that if you keep writing books, something will strike. Like I, like the book I was mentioning, uh, I, I, when I first book I ever wrote, as a matter of fact, when I was a young man, I went out and to see the world and I traveled 17,000 miles from uh, Vancouver on the West coast of British Columbia to Cape town in South Africa by land and by sea and uh, across the Sahara and across Africa. And someone asked me if I would write it up as a book and they'd be interested in looking at the manuscript. So I did. And it was so badly written. Uh, I knew nothing about writing. Um, they turned it down. But later, a publisher came to me and said, you know, do you have a book that was, that's full of you know, stories and examples and, and lessons and things like that? I said, yeah, I could take this book. So I took this book and I rewrote it. And I called it Many Miles to Go. And that became a bestseller worldwide. And it's just a really true story of this journey almost dying several times and getting across the Sahara Desert and so on. And at each chapter, I would stop and say, what I learned in this situation was this, or this lesson was something that lasted me all my life. And it was just a series of lessons. And then um, Million Dollar Roundtable asked me if I would do a talk for their 5,000 people at their Million Dollar Roundtable. It had to be 22 minutes in length. And so I offered to do this talk, this book as a talk. And they call it success is a journey. And so I got up and gave this talk and it was rated as one of the best talks in the 50 year history of million dollar Roundtable. And it, anyway, so you never know what will happen when you write a book or prepare an audio program or do a video. The video medium now is becoming really, really important for promoting anything. Just getting online like this with you and I, just talking uh, and explaining what you're talking about and what is in it and how the reader will benefit. It's always how the reader will benefit, what the reader will get if they read your book. Um, so that's a, a new revolution because that did not even exist when I began writing books. Just like this, what, what you're doing here online is so important. Now, do you design each book and write each book with the idea that you're gonna do a talk on the back end, kind of like you did the success as a journey? Is it only some of them? Like, do you have your key topics that you try to only those books you speak on? Like, what does that look like? Well, uh, I write on subjects that I think are really important. And uh, I hope that people will hire me to speak on the subject, but often they don't. Um, when I, I've spoken for more than a thousand companies um, all over the world. And I've designed 
more than a thousand seminars, one, two, three day seminars on business topics, management, leadership, strategy, planning, hiring, firing, team building, motivation, uh, executive um, productivity, all these things. And what I will find is that some subjects are of great interest to my audiences. And I keep adjusting my workbooks and my seminars so that sort of like hit songs. You want to make sure that all your material is really popular. If people say they didn't like that, you pull it out and replace it with something else. And then when it comes to writing a book, I just think, what are the subjects that are most interesting to business people in my audiences? And that becomes a major focus for me in writing a book. And very often it, it gets legs. They say, the, the, you know, the expression, it actually, it actually takes off. But in many cases, it doesn't. Um, so I just write another book. I, 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 I see if I've got some here. Uh, they, I was asked by American Management Association to uh, write a series of short books. We call, they, call, they call them smart books. And these, these are them. This is called Business Strategy. It's 110 pages, sells for $9.95. This one is called Sales Success. Same thing. This one is called Delegation and Supervision. There's also Leadership, Time Management. There's Strategy Planning, Marketing, um, Sales Management, and so on. And these books are small books. They sell for $9.95 each. And as a result, they can get them into almost every bookstore uh, in the country. And I'm writing a series um, of, I've written, I'm a contractor for 14, and I've got two, two new ones that if I just came up. What is a big subject? Teamwork. How do, you build, how do you build effective teams in business? And I realized that I've touched on it in some of my other books, but I've never done one single focused. Each of these books has 21 ideas. 21 chapters with 21 points or principles. My thought was that if you offered a book that had 21 ideas, people would say, well, that's got to be a good book. It's got to be valuable if there's 21 ideas in it. So I have probably 20, 23 books that have 21 chapters. It's a lot <laughs> of chapters. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, you think, what would be all the things that would be important on this subject? So if you say teamwork, uh, I said, well, teamwork, I could write that, is, um, is uh, how do you hire, what, do you, what is your strategy and what's your plan? What are the kind of people that you need? What skills will they have? Um, where would you find them? How would you interview them and select them? How would you bring them together? And work them? How would you cooperate and lead meetings? How would you manage time and delegate assignments and so on? And how would you build team spirit? And, you know, you start to think, okay, you, could, you could do this. You start to think like this. These are all the things that would go into bringing people together in a company and working well with them to get results. And you talk about regular meetings and um, creativity and innovation and encouraging uh, involvement and all, take all the great things that are out there and you start to do some research. And there's some really good research on Google. You could say just put in team building and you could print out uh, 100 pages of recent articles on how to build teams and then you just go through and you pick this and that and you mix and match them together and you, here's your book. And then companies that are really interested in team building, you say, well, you know, I am a recognized expert on the subject of building peak performance teams. And that's a hot subject. So I was approached by a friend of mine two or three months ago. He said, why don't you write a book on teamwork? And I said, that's a good idea. Because I've been teaching parts of this in my courses and seminars over the years. So I've done all my homework. It's just a matter of sitting down and laying it out. Now you you've got a lot of different you know you've got courses training programs you're talking about speaking and being number one uh, author in Russia and Iran and all these different countries. 
what like what percentage because i imagine as you've gone and, and continue to write like speaking you can only scale so so high right so right. how do you balance that between using your books to sell your speaking versus your training and coaching programs well i'll give you an example in iran when they had the revolution ayatollah khomeini uh who is a let's say a very strong believer in Islam, uh, came to the conclusion that all creativity comes from Allah. So therefore writers uh, should not receive royalties or any reward of any kind because they weren't responsible for their creative work. It came from Allah. So in Iran, I'm the most popular author in Iran. I was getting this whole, whole sections right at the front of each bookstore that are Brian Tracy uh, sections. When I go there, they bring me Oh, about 35, 38 of my books to autograph and they sell them out in the hallways and so on. I don't make any money from that at all, but they hire me as a speaker and they pay me extremely well and they book me over and over again. So I get my royalties in a different way. Uh, many other countries uh, do not really keep good books. If you, if you want to put it a gentle way of it, the Russians, the Chinese um, don't keep good books. So therefore India, so you may not get a lot in royalties, but then what happens is they book you and fly you first class and pay you um, really good fees to speak, to coach, and, and other things. So most people who write books, do they, they earn the royalties, but uh, their real money comes from being able to sell their services at much higher rates. I have friends without books who, actually, who, who will travel halfway around the world to speak for one-tenth of what I will get to speak to the same audience in the same room um, because I have books. They will pay me 10 times as much as someone without a book. Two, two interesting points I wanted to throw out to you. When I was a young man, I was reading on training and uh, success as a result of book writing. And I came up with a little, uh, discovered a little expression. It's called BB and AB. And BB is before book and AB is after book. And it talks about how people's careers before book is a certain level of career, certain level of income, certain level of success. But after book, when a book that actually sells, their whole career is different. And what the rule was there was that your income, your annual income will at least double after you produce a book. So BB and AB. And 82% of adults, the highest single demographic in the world, want to write a book. They believe they have a book in them, either a book on their subject or a book on themselves and they want to write a book, but only 1% will ever do it because they don't know how. They don't know what you teach. They don't know the, uh, they know the things that I teach, they, the, the process. It's sort of like they would like to be able to cook a beautiful dish at home for their family, but they don't have a cookbook. They don't have a recipe book. And so they can have all the ingredients that they want in the kitchen or at the store, but if they don't have recipes, what we call proven success formulas, if they don't have those, then they really don't ever accomplish anything. And so that's why what you and I do is we take people who really, really want to write a book and believe that they have something to say. And then we show them how to take that and put it in such a form that other people will want to read it and, and pass it on to their friends. The key to book selling is, 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 is pass on. People tell other people to read the book. One other principle, and I suggest this to everybody, when I was writing my first book, writing that little book about my trip across Africa with a little Olivetti typewriter, um, I got a book uh, by Ernest Hemingway, and it was called something like The Short Stories and Articles of Ernest Hemingway, I think 72 articles. And Hemingway by this time, of course, had, was the Tom Clancy, the best author in the world, and 
He had died of suicide, had won a Nobel Prize and everything else. And he talked about how to write. And in that, he was living in Kiwa, he was, he was living in, in Cuba. And, and, and it's Cuban Letters 1, Cuban Letters 2. And Cuban Letters 2 is when authors, young authors, come to him after winning a Nobel Prize, they would come down and they would say, tell me, how can I be a great writer? And he goes on a riff. It's called Cuban Letters 2. He goes on a riff. This is what you have to do to be successful as a writer. And I still remember reading that. It was so amazing. It was just like a door slamming in my face about all the things you need to do and not do. And one of the things he said is that to write on any subject, you must know 10 words for every word you write or the reader will know that this is not a true thing. And you can't just write off the surface. You have to write so that the reader reading realizes you know vastly more about this subject than you're actually revealing in the book. There's just so much more. You really know your subject deeply. And that was has always been a driver for me. And I read that when I was about 22 years old, 23 years old, 22 is that you must know 10 words. So if you want to write a book, and I've had people say, well, I want to write a book. I say, well, you must be prepared to put in about 300 hours of research, underlining and note taking on your subject to write a book like this on business strategy. I have put it in at least 500 hours studying business strategy. I still study business strategy to, to be able to write a, a, a 100 page book with 21 key ideas on the subject. So many people think, well, I can just write it off the top of my head. You're going to have to know so much more about a subject or, or the reader will sense this is not serious and they will lose interest in reading it right from the beginning. You go back to a Tom Clancy novel, you read Tom Clancy's novels and he knows so much in-depth information of the intricacies of military strategy and submarine warfare and, and international geopolitics and so on. I mean, he's just, you just feel like he's just go, touching across the top of the subject, but you get a sense that this stuff is really, really based on deep information. And it makes the reading of the book fascinating. I mean, even Ronald Reagan read that book when he was in the White House. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, but you really have to be prepared to do your homework. You've got to be able to have 10 words for every word that you write. Uh, and then what I do is, yeah, and then what I do is I, I rewrite uh, every book five times. Is uh, And sometimes I've had to do it six and sometimes seven. What I find is that there's a certain point where it's almost like when you've had enough to eat, stop eating. You, you've, you've had enough. You don't need to eat anymore. Well, in, in writing, I find in polishing the book, there's a certain point where you say, that's it. I can't, I can't make this any better than it is. And I have people send me, all the time, all the time, a manuscript, say, please, would you write a testimonial for me, write an endorsement for my book? Well, if it's a good, if it's well-written, um, and it's obviously well thought out, so I request that they send me the name, the table of contents, the introduction of the first chapter. That's basically all that a publisher needs to tell you if they're interested in the book. And then if it's all, if it's well-written and well-laid out and the chapters flow together and the message in the introduction, first chapter is good, I always write a testimonial for people. I write really great testimonials. Tell you an interesting story about testimonials. Many years ago, an unknown uh, professor in uh, Salt Lake City, actually Provo, um, sent me a copy, uh, not his agent sent me a copy of his manuscript. 
and he had been given some little seminars on personal effectiveness and the story about the manuscript is interesting but if it came to me and said would you write something nice for this manuscript and i said sure because i was familiar with his work and so i wrote this one-liner is that stephen covey is the new american socrates and by brian tracy best-selling author the publisher simon and schuster put that above the title um and above the the name of the author and everything that one-liner caused the book to take off and it's been selling ever since uh, so i'm really good at testimonials and i've done this in the past i had this woman write to me she wrote to me uh, and asked me if I would write a testimonial for her book on overcoming procrastination, which is a subject that I am the best-selling author in the world on. By the way, my book, Eat That Frog, has sold probably four or five million copies, which is how to overcome procrastination. Anyway, so here she's writing on my subject. <laughs> so I looked at her manuscript, and she sent it to me. I said, this is good stuff. It's well-written. It's heartfelt. It's thoughtful. It's good stuff. It's a good addition to the subject. So I wrote a testimonial saying, this is one of the best books on overcoming procrastination that you'll ever read. It'll save you years of hard work um, that you may have lost, or something like that. So I sent it off to her and never heard from her. Um, maybe a couple of months later, I got a little note saying, thank you very much for your testimonial. And then about two years later, two, three years later, I did get a letter from her. She said she is just at her, reached the end of her, limit. She was so discouraged. Uh, she'd written this book. She put her whole heart into it. She'd been studying and teaching the subject for years. She'd gone to a literary agent. The literary agent had taken it to publishers. The publisher said, no, we're not interested. We're not interested, which happens 99 out of 100 times. Almost every best-selling book in the world was turned down by several publishers uh, at one time. And she, she was going to give up, and she sent me this request. And just the day that she was going to just give up, and she, I, this arrived this testimonial and so she took this testimonial to her literary agent who had told her she wasn't going to work with her anymore because it's a waste of time the literary agent said with this testimonial from Brian, i will take it to another publisher they took it to another publisher it became a top seller it changed her career she said your testimonial changed my life it doubled and tripled my sales and my business it transformed my career i mean it made me an expert in the subject and i thought wow so whenever somebody writes to me or asks me to do a testimonial for the book, if it's reasonably good, I'll always write a nice, nice testimonial, something that will they can they can take to the publisher or that they can put on the book jacket. Um, many many of my um, one-liners are on the front cover of the book, the uh, this, <laughs> and it helps people read the read the testimonial and they say, well, if he wrote this testimonial, it must be a good book and they buy it and. That's awesome. Sure. As a matter of fact, again, all I ask is that it be an honest book. And an honest book is something that you have really thought through. It's clear that you know the subject and that you care about the subject and that and, and that you've taken the time to write it well. Sometimes people will send me, say, here's my rough manuscript. Would you write me a testimonial? I write that. No, it's not not polished enough for me to give you a testimonial. Somebody writes me like give them a testimony for some kind of a book or subject that I don't have any interest in or I don't agree with I'll say no this is not the right thing for me but in most cases if people write non give me nonfiction books that have great ideas that will help people I'll write a testimony for them including you
All you have awesome. to do is that. All you have to awesome. do is that. <laughs> well, a couple, couple quick questions before we wrap up. Um, one being, and I have to ask this, and I know this is like picking your favorite kid or your favorite grandkid, um, right. but what, what's been your favorite book that you've personally written? My favorite book is Maximum Achievement. Um, and not only because I spent thousands of hours on the subject, and the book that I wrote is a beautiful book, and it's literally life transforming. I just came back from Egypt, from Johannesburg. I just came back from Shanghai and um, Moscow, and also from uh, Stockholm and um, Warsaw and London. And I just on the phone today with a new client in London. These people say, this book changed my life. Is my life was going in circles, and I got this book, and it changed my life. And it became my Bible. And I'll give you an interesting story. I tell people, underline, when you're writing a book, underline. So once upon a time, there was a, a man who was a truck driver, and he was a truck driver, and uh, he got this book, Maximum Achievement, and he was driving long-haul trucks 10, 12 hours a day, and he was working all for wages, truck driver's wages, and he got this book, and it talked about changing your thinking, setting goals, making plans, self-discipline, and so he decided he would like to double his income, and the only way he could double his income, he figured out, is if he had his own truck, because the way the trucking industry works, if if the, if the customer pays $100, the, truck, the person who provides the truck gets 33 the person who drives the truck gets 33 and um, the company that uh, owns the truck gets 33 So if you, if you, you get a one-third of the amount. So he said the only way he could double his income is if he owned the truck. Uh, and still, then, they, then what they do is they contract out with major trucking companies. And the company, trucking companies bring them clients and so on. So he began, he said, how can I do this? Well, I could start saving money. So he began to save money. And how much would I need to buy a truck? He began working this out and he needed this amount. And in eight months of really, really sacrifice, he had enough to make a down payment on a truck. And by the end of the year, he was earning twice as much. Driving the same truck on the same route, but now he owned his truck. So the, com the company that he was working for paid him the two thirds. Well, he said, that's pretty good, but if I'm earning twice as much, I'm not going to blow the money. He said, I'm going to save it so I can get another truck. His wife said, our whole life is changing. What is it? It's, it's this book, and he's talking about the book. She said, can I read it? So he wrote with a red pen, and she went through it with a blue pen, and she began underlining the parts that she thought was interesting. Maximum achievement. And she went through this, and the kids, now 12, 14, the kids got involved, and they started their own little business with the trucking and they started getting their own clients the kids started to read it and they used yellow and then they used green and he now owns 350 trucks he's got a thousand employees he's one of the wealthiest men in new zealand he is the nicest guy that you'll ever meet brought 10 people to my seminar in san diego and he showed me the copy of his book i don't know if i have a copy of maximum achievement here but he showed me a copy yeah here it is here he showed me a copy of this book. This is the, and it was like a rainbow. Is everybody in the family had their own colors. And the book, every, every line was underlined throughout the book. And I've heard this over and over again. People say, I usually underline the key points. But after I read your book two or three times, I found there were fewer lines not underlined than were underlined. Um, and it made them, and I could tell you some stories of people that you know extremely well, who basically were going nowhere in their life. And they read this book and it made them rich is transformed their lives forever. So this is my favorite book, Maximum Achievement. If I could only recommend one book to a person who wanted to really bring about 
incredible improvements in their life. This is recognized by most people to be the best book on personal success ever written. And, um, and I believe it is. I believe it is. That's a great story. And I thought you'd have a tougher time answering it, but you knew right away, which is cool. Well, I just thought of it when you asked. <laughs> now, one last question. What would be your, your parting tip for someone thinking about or maybe part of the way through writing their first book? Well, um, learn how. It's, it's really important. Nobody would expect to go into a kitchen and cook a dish without a recipe. And like you teach recipes and I teach recipes. We, we teach people how to. And you can save yourself years of hard work by just simply learning how to do it. The, 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 the biggest breakthrough in my life, and I tell it in almost every seminar, was when I was broke and going nowhere with holes in my shoes and sleeping on the floor when I was 23, 24 years old. I discovered that you can learn any skill you need to learn to achieve any goal you can set for yourself. Is that all skills are learnable skills. You could learn to do brain surgery. You could learn to write books. You could learn to build a successful business. You could learn to build homes or repair uh, diesel engines. Every skill is a learnable skill. And you can save yourself years. We talk about long-term thinking. Short-term thinking is where people just throw themselves into doing it, like I say, like a dog chasing a passing car, instead of stepping back and taking the time, like a doctor is very carefully trained, step-by-step, step, so that they understand and they can do their work brilliantly. Then they can live at a very high standard of living for the rest of their careers, maybe 30 years, because of, they think long-term when they begin their careers. So learn how. It's the most important thing, and learn from you. And the very fastest way to uh, get started in publishing is self-publishing. Just learn, write the book, and you have the outlet, and that is like a motivational force, and then self-publish the book in the way that you teach. And I'm sure that you teach this probably better than anybody. And get it done. There's something absolutely remarkable, A, B, 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 before, before book and after book. Once you have written a book, your whole life is really different. Your, your people treat you differently. Members of your family, the people that you work with, is that person wrote a book on the subject. Wow. Even if they don't read the book, they admire and respect you because you wrote a book. I and love you, that. Yeah, and you can publish it as an ebook, as you know. You don't even have to go through the cost of paper. Uh, or, you can, or you can print on demand. You can do all kinds of things today that were simply not available to me a few years ago when I started. Absolutely. Well, Brian, thank you so much. This has been great. I've really enjoyed this. Um, one last thing before we go, where, where can people go to find out more information about you? Well, I, that's a good point. Go to BrianTracy.com stroke publishing. Uh, BrianTracy.com stroke or backslash, they call it publishing. And uh, there's a free webinar. Brendan Bouchard, uh, who's just one of the most remarkable guys out there. He and I did a webinar on sort of our subject is uh, how do you find a book, uh, how do you write it, how do you publish it, how do you make it successful, how do you capitalize on it, and so on. And it's an interview with Brendan and I back and forth, beautiful camera work, and people all over the world watch this. It's on YouTube, it's on, but go to briantracy.com slash publishing and take a look at this interview, and it's very inspirational. People just love this live interview. Awesome. Sounds great. Brian, thanks once again. Thank you. Pleasure talking to you. Good luck to you, Chandler. Thank you, sir. 
Thank you so much for watching or listening to this episode of the Self-Publishing School Podcast. I know there's so many places that you can be spending your time. There's other podcasts that you could be listening to, YouTube channels that you could be watching. Uh, so thank you so much. It means the world. Now, I want you to do three things right now if you found this episode. All right, number one, I don't know if you know this, but we've got a YouTube channel. It's a companion channel to this podcast. All the video versions of the episode are on the YouTube channel. So number one, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Number two, if you're listening to this podcast wherever, whether this is Spotify, Apple Podcasts, number two, I want you to subscribe to this podcast right now so you don't miss a future episode. Uh, and then number three, this is probably the most important, uh, leave a review on the podcast. All right, reviews are super important and help this podcast get discovered by other people. Uh, so number three, leave a review on the podcast. Thank you so much. I'll see you in the next episode. If you're on the fence about scheduling a publishing consultation call with my team, maybe you're not quite ready uh, for that, I've got some free training that I think will be really helpful for you. All right, all you have to do is go to register to sign up. Go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. When you do, you're also going to get a free digital copy of my new book, Published. And on that training, you're going to learn the next step, so how to implement with your book. So how to write, how to publish, how to launch successfully. So go to register right now at selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. I'll see you there.